Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, a Prairie Proud Wrestling Podcast covering everything from Winnipeg to worldwide. My name is Blair Pacheco. I hope you're doing well. It's a little bit of a different thing going on. Normally, I like to put out the podcast episodes towards the end of the week. Uh, usually, they're up Wednesday night, Thursday morning. But uh, you're getting this one a little bit earlier. Um, I wanted to make sure this was out in time for the upcoming time bomb pro show february 24th so you're getting an episode a little bit earlier this week um there will still be one later on this week hopefully but uh you're getting this one a few days earlier um time bomb pro has their show february 24th in fargo i think tickets might still be available but check out the time bomb twitter account or instagram for the information on tickets all that sort of stuff but today I was joined by Damon Spriggle. Damon is facing off with uh, Jossie at the Time Bomb Show, the winner facing off with Dominic Greeny for the Time Bomb Championship title. So uh, Damon joins me. We talk about the upcoming Time Bomb Show. We talk about death matches, getting into wrestling. We find out just how humble Damon Spriggle is, and he is the most humblest man in wrestling. You will find out for yourself. But without further ado, on the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, Damon Spriggle. Now, what was your first introduction to wrestling growing up? Uh, my first introduction, I remember a couple different things. Like I remember maybe you know playing SmackDown vs. Raw 2007 at a friend's house. Mm-hmm. But like the moment of like actually watching wrestling that I remember the most was my dad was watching just was watching i think it was Miz versus mysterio in like 2011 and like a raw where they're doing the wwe tournament mm-hmm. dealio and i saw Miz versus Rey mysterio and then they showed highlights of the money in the bank match that happened right before them or right after or whatever and i was like oh i want to see more of this i don't know what this is this is interesting because my dad had watched as a kid and he was just kind of just like perusing you know mm-hmm. See, you mentioning that as your like introduction makes me feel so old. It's <laughs> not even funny. <laughs> I bet. So what was it about that match that stood out to you? I don't remember. I just remember. I always remember. I think McMahon, um, Mr. McMahon comes out at some point in that match. Okay. Or after or something. Maybe not. I don't remember. All I remember was Miz versus Mysterio. And I was like, wow this just looks interesting. I don't know exactly what I think the, the latter match was more intriguing mm-hmm. in terms of like, actually, cause I think I saw our truth get dumped off the ladder or something. So as soon, as soon as you see that, you're like, fuck it. I'm hooked. Mm-hmm. So you, I mean, at what age was that? Uh, that was like probably 11. Okay. So yeah. I mean, then you're, I mean, going into junior high and high school, do you stay a fan of wrestling after that point? Oh uh, yeah, basically as soon as I started watching, I was like, "Oh, I want to do this." That's it. <laughs> so you knew from early on you were set that was what you were going to get into. Early on, exactly. Like I I would... where in wrestling I want have wanted to go has changed, but like just the idea of be, uh, being a wrestler, that's always mm-hmm. ever since I saw it, they won. 
you say that it's changed. Um, where did you originally want to go? Well, originally I had only seen WWE, so I would want, you know, want to go there mm-hmm. more than anything. Um, and it wasn't until I was like 14 or 15 when I started watching like indie stuff and like Japanese and Mexican stuff where I was like, oh, there's an entire world of this stuff that is different than mm-hmm. the only thing I've ever seen. So my goals have changed of who I want to wrestle based on just like what more taking in more wrestling and seeing more stuff. It's, it's really interesting. I find because it's uh, not so much with like with your age, but a few years older, how everything that people saw was predominantly WWF WWE. So that was the be all end all and they just skip past everything and that's all they want. And then it seems that it's not always as good as they think it is. And then they can kind of reset and be more happier. Yeah. So um, when did you first start training? I first started training in June of 2017. Okay. So I think it's coming up. So it's like four and a half years. And I guess I, since Reddit all blew up. I I started training at the academy, <laughs> as everyone knows um, now. But I, I was going to ask because I I know I knew you had trained at the academy, and it was been a hot topic because of Reddit and everything. And for better mm-hmm. or worse, it is what it is. But what was your experience like there? Uh, it was interesting because I kind of went through every single iteration of it, mm-hmm. where it started with all the coaches and. Molly Holly was there like day one and that was it. Never saw her again. <laughs> and like Ar- Aria would come once every three months if WWE was in town or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I really got, I really started getting trained by only Sean. Okay. And then it progressed to only getting trained by Ken. So I did appreciate, and even Canon was there for a little bit, as everyone knows early on, mm-hmm. I did it was really nice to get all these different coaches perspectives on because Sean and Ken both had an argument about how to take a body slam or mm-hmm. whatever. So it was interesting getting all these different coaches perspectives when you're first starting out, because then you kind of realize early on is like, Oh, there's not just one set way to do this. Yeah. You can really find a way to implement your own style into it, knowing that, you know, you can be different than everyone else. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned being trained by Ken, by Sean, by Eric. Uh, what were some of the biggest takeaways from them? Um, Sean, it was your shit for your first five years, and then you get good. <laughs> and since I've not hit five years yet, I take that to heart a lot. <laughs> um, after matches and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, Canon was just always about, you know, push the envelope and be creative. And you got to just keep wrestling's going to keep going along. So you just have to come up with new stuff to fall, you know, or you'll fall behind. Mm-hmm. And then Ken was just like, it was just like, think, you know, uh, think, shoot, but work was like the main thing Okay. that he would always, you know. And I think that those three ideas have really put together for me have really done a lot um, in terms of how I understand wrestling and stuff like that. 
Mm-hmm. It's good to have the different perspectives. I mean, it, ultimately, it's going to make you into a better wrestler yourself. So to be able mm-hmm. to have that from your coaches, I think it really says something. How long after training before your first match? Uh, I started training in June of 2017. I actually didn't have my first match until September of 2018. Okay. Um, what do you remember most about it? Uh, well, I faced Levy Cruz. Okay. And the it was both our first matches. <laughs> so kind of the classic, you don't want to do that. Like the one thing you never would want to do is put two super green kids in against each other one on one to start your show. But whatever, that's what I remember, and I remember <laughs> it not going well. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, it was everything from here. You're going up, so you can only get better. Yeah, right. If that if that's the bottom of the hill, we can only climb up the hill. Mm-hmm. Uh. I mean, you've really been making a name for yourself in the Midwest with North Dakota, Minnesota, and such. And I know that you've actually done some death matches as well. Yes. Um, how did that come about? Because I'm sure not everyone is thinking, I want to be a death match wrestler. Oh, yeah. Well, I've watched, like, like I mentioned earlier, when I really perused the wrestling world, I got into everything. Mm-hmm. So, like, everything from lucha to the comedy stuff to strong style or whatever you want to call it to the deathmatch stuff so i was really into kasai i thought he was super cool i would watch freedoms in like 2013 when no one cared Mm -hmm. except me i loved freedom so it was always a goal that i just wanted to be able to not only i wanted to be the best in every single style Mm -hmm. that's what intrigued me instead of just being like oh the deathmatch guy or you know normal match guy or like a lucha guy it's like i wanted to do everything mm-hmm. nowadays i've realized that lucha is not in more forte but <laughs> that's kind of where the idea of the death matches i kind of because i was like always wanted to do it mm-hmm. so you for your first one what's your thoughts like the first time you know you're getting hit with light tubes or you know getting dropped on thumbtacks anything like that what's going through your mind well Oren always said that you're scared until the first light tube breaks and then it's go time. And that's exactly how it was. Mm-hmm. Like as, as soon as you first taste, you know, the first drop of blood or like you get cut for the first time, you're like, Oh, it's time. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely a different mindset than you would go to in a normal wrestling match. But I think at the same point, it's, it's the same. Like the first time you get punched or slapped, you know, after you're grappling with the other guy, it's like, Oh, it's time. Let's go. Mm-hmm. But I think it's the you know same dynamic. The risks are a little higher, but I think it's the same idea. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, you've been in a couple of them. Have you suffered any major injuries or anything like that coming out of it, or has it been pretty smooth sailing? Uh, my second one ever was in the time bomb murder basement, and I almost lost like the entire front part of my finger when I went hands first through the pane of glass. Was that, um, was that the one against Matthew Justice? No, that was against Oren. Oh, that was against Oren, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that was probably the worst one. I don't, mm-hmm. nothing else has been like, because it was like there was a chunk out. Like, it was gone. <laughs> Did you just got stitches for it and you were good to go? Uh, no, I just was like, oh, well, and I glued it up and 
I just got a scar on my finger, but it's fine. Oh, that's all right. I mean, it's it's the I love it because it, I can do the ET finger whenever I'm telling the story, <laughs> and it gets people really invested into it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's kind of the point of wrestling, isn't it? To get people invested in the story. So having the scar so accessible and like where I see it all the time and feel it every day, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just interesting to me. You had mentioned that uh, Eric told you, you know, about, you know, being creative and, you know, finding different outlets sort of thing. Do you feel you've been able to do that more with deathmatch wrestling as opposed to regular? Um, in a way, yes. In a way, no. Because I feel like just like everybody, you kind of get lost in what everyone just copying the pack, I mm-hmm. guess, and doing what everyone else is doing. So, like, in the terms of, like, I like the branching out, in, but I think creativity in ring, not really. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's just indicative of just wrestling, you know, wanting to, you know, you see the guys wherever doing the best in the world. You want to copy that and do exactly how they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just kind of how it is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, you were going pretty strong up until the pandemic. The pandemic hits and fuck, everything just basically stops. You know, your training stops, wrestling shows stop. And I mean, my first uh, experience of watching you was at the, was against Matthew Justice, the Time Bomb show. So, I mean, it gets put up on YouTube and to see a show like that, like this is going on, you know, three hours south of me where there's no wrestling, nothing's going on. But to have that aired where it's just, basically all that's on is you know aw wwf that sort of stuff so this is broadcasted on and it was almost like a i don't want to say a glimmer but it was just like you know what wrestling is still going you know like independent wrestling is still going strong what was it like facing off against matthew in that uh the time bomb dojo it was it was interesting because he was the first wrestler that i had really faced i had a name outside of like just in the midwest mm-hmm so like it was the first wrestler that had been flown in for me to fight. And uh it I had probably, you know, I had a lot of I was really anxious going into it because of course you're like, wow, like this guy's, you know, he's on GCW, so I don't want to like, you know, I gotta show up and all mm-hmm. this. And then you do it and then you kind of I think the before you get really anxious and all that stuff, but I think during and then afterwards when you're like, Oh, I can hang. Mm-hmm. That's when it's, there's like a sense of euphoria a little <laughs> bit. You're like, Oh, this wasn't, this didn't go disastrously wrong. This went as long as it goes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you guys had a fun match. Like I very much enjoyed it. I remember the Bud lights being strewn about and, you know, wrestling outside back inside. And I thought overall it was just a really great match. Yeah, it was the first time I took barbed wire. So that was cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> the the way you just casually say it really, you know, I think that's fucking fantastic. Just yeah, that was cool. Well, barbed wire is my favorite because I think that the straight line scars are the coolest. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you would see like, you know, uh, pictures of like Sabu and that, and you see his arms just cut up, and oh yeah, yeah, the videos of him like wrapped in the barbed wire sometimes, and it's just like it does look very badass. Yeah, all the FMW stuff too. Mm-hmm. 
have like you've watched quite a bit of fmw um yes who really stood out to you from there because it's something that even like just the past couple of years i've gotten more into um i haven't watched as much fmw i've watched mostly old like the old like beginning fmw than i've watched any of the newer stuff mm-hmm. um but i think that i guess two guys that stand out the most to me or at least that i like the most is probably onita and uh masada tanaka mm-hmm. i think uh onita is just an intriguing person and watching him in his prime and like how he kind of thought in a wrestling in a different way is kind of how i want to think about wrestling Mm-hmm. and then Masada Tanaka is just really good and he's literally wrestling the same way now as he did when he was in FMW and it's amazing like my first experience with uh, Masato Tanaka was uh, the when ECW brought him in and mm-hmm. watching him and Mike Awesome two guys I had no idea who they were and you're seeing Mike Awesome powerbomb him from the rings to tables on the outside and in the late nineties, this was unheard of. So it's just, it was a brand new world for me. Oh well, yeah. And I think the Hayabusa stuff's really good too. Mm-hmm. Um, I got an argument with a badger cause she said our Hayabusa wasn't that good. And, uh, I haven't spoken to her since. <laughs> so did you end up catching the dark side of the ring about FMW? I did. I, 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 I've been, I watched all the FMW stuff too. Yeah. Um, I'm all invested. <laughs> <laughs> you had mentioned GCW uh, because Matthew Justice, Matthew Justice had wrestled there. Uh, you actually had a chance to wrestle for GCW at the Planet Death in 2021. Uh, I did, what, yes. How was that for you? It was interesting. I think, I know after the match, there was the hurricane warning or whatever, and we all had to like scatter. Mm-hmm like right after the show but it was interesting being on the different like a higher platform than i've ever been on before even if it wasn't like you know last year's wrestlemania you know no one really went because of you know the pandemic yeah so it was interesting it was cool being able to wrestle like both gcw and icw at the same day Mm -hmm. because i remember like telling ricky after our match i'd be like i wonder what it would be like to do a second death match right now and then i ended up doing that (laughs) a few hours later post match after doing two death matches in one day what is what's going through your mind afterwards i mean i just want to go to bed (laughs) i mean granted like the first one i did glass and the second one i did barbed wire and of course you know barbed wire is cooler so uh second one i was feeling a lot better Mm -hmm. than the first one but uh it's hard it's not necessarily the after because i felt the after effects before you know it's like trying to gear yourself up to do the second one Mm -hmm. or you know especially if you're in like a deathmatch tournament you have to do three or four you know it's just gearing yourself up you're like oh i gotta go you know you have to get back on that high to go back out there Mm -hmm. uh have you thought about entering any of the tournaments or no? Uh, I don't, I, aren't they invitational? Uh, I don't know. Maybe they shouldn't be. Uh, I mean, my DMs are open, I think. Like, let's get you in there. I know the Nick Gage one is invitational, but mm. I mean, might have to uh, 
expand the horizons a little bit and get. Well, I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure they're scared of me out wrestling every one of them. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, I I get it. I already out wrestle everyone at Time Bomb. So, wow, just dropping it, eh? I mean, it's true. I. I mean, your match with uh, I was going to bring it up later, but we can talk about it now. The uh, match with Eric Cannon you had at the last Time Bomb show. I mean, that was an absolutely fantastic match. Yeah, he uh, really chopped me on that one pretty good. But uh, it was cool to get my arm raised by someone who he did help, you know, train me a little bit when mm-hmm. I first started and being able to beat him. Uh, it was very, it was, there's small moments in wrestling that can be sentimental, even if they're not like the most crazy thing in the world. But it was really cool just to be able to wrestle someone that like, when I was 12 and looking up Minnesota indie results, you'd always see Eric Cannon everywhere. Mm-hmm. So it kind of came full circle in a way. Uh, to this day, I'm still learning stuff about him, like that he had wrestled a match in PWG and this and that. And it's just like, it kind of, it blows your mind a little bit, you know, just how experienced he is. Yeah. He's done so much. It's uh, envious, you know, it's something to be envious of. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be, but some people might no i mean you're the humble one yeah um you had wrestled up in winnipeg before i mean you had wrestled for cwe a few years back and you were scheduled to wrestle for winnipeg pro wrestling january 1st but the or january 8th but the show got postponed due to covid um talk i was wondering if you could talk a little bit about just you know the travel getting your name out there and just going to different places uh, I enjoy the travel mostly because like I enjoy driving. Mm-hmm. So it's not that big of a deal for me. Like obviously eventually I would want to switch, but like a four hour drive from here to Fargo was nothing. So like mm-hmm. I remember me and Ricky drove up uh, for that September show in like 2020 mm-hmm. and we uh, set up the ring or help, you know, help set up and tear down the ring. We we're the only two people that tore down the ring. And basically after that day, I've had a, been every on every single time bomb show. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, travel is essential and it's actually pretty easy to uh, impress people when you just try a little. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, I think people do notice things like that too. So, I mean, just to go out there and put yourself out there, it really says something about yourself. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I'm always, I'm always helping out. I'm, you know, Humbly speaking, of course, like I'm always putting my best foot forward and, you know, being a team player, but also being the captain and the best one out there. Uh, You are one of the most humblest I think I've ever talked to. Yeah, I bet. I bet. (laughs) Some would say (laughs) the. When did you first discover you were this humble? Uh, I think I've had it from the beginning. Yeah. Like, you know, it was interesting going from place to place and you know initially you're like scared of everyone you're so anxious and then you know eventually you realize especially you know as your five-year mark is starting to come up and you're not going to suck anymore (laughs) uh you start to realize you're like oh i'm just better than all these people Mm -hmm. and it's a slow pro you know it's a slow process to get as humble as i am but i don't really like to brag about it too much that's fair but i've worked really hard at it Mm -hmm. and uh i've been cultivating in the struggle dojo you know every now and then in Every now and then I uh, 
you know, let people in and just get a glimpse. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's something that you really have to cultivate from the inside. I think. Do you have any um, plans to, you know, go out there more and do more traveling, whether it's, you know, down in Mexico or, you know, across like, you know, maybe in Europe, do you have any plans to uh, venture out that way? I mean, I don't have any plans, but if anyone's, you know, if anyone wants me to come out, I got, you know, I have a passport. So, you know, all, all it takes is, you know, the humble one, you know, is interested in money. So <laughs> all it takes is a little money. I'll go anywhere. Okay. Put it this way. Is there any places in particular you want to go? Well, obviously I want to go to Japan. Yeah. I think that's uh, one. I, I kind of want to go to some interesting places. Like there's a, you know, I want to go to India and wrestle, you know, I want to go train under the great Kali a little bit. <laughs> uh, I, I know someone who did that. So shout out Paul, but yeah, I want to do that. And I want to, there's a wrestling promotion in Vietnam that I thought was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 I want to go to all the weird places. Like I want to go, I want to go everywhere. Like, honestly, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I, I just want to go everywhere and wrestle everybody beat them of course but wrestle them initially uh, i think it's uh, it's very admirable just like how much you want to get out there and it's just not just oh i want to do japan but like oh i want to go to vietnam i want to go to india you know just getting even uh what's the word i'm looking for like not just the main places but like all the places yeah um are there some matches that stand out to you that you're very proud of um, well, I mean, I, I think all my matches are minimum five stars, <laughs> but if I had to like particularly do a few, I'm, uh, no one will ever see it, but I'm proud of my match against Badger Briggs. Um, I don't think it ever got recorded, but it was in a hotel time bomb. Okay. And I, uh, it was the first time that I was the more experienced. Well, it wasn't the first time. Okay, it was one of the times I was the more experienced person in death matches, which doesn't happen very often. Mm-hmm. So being able to like, you know, put a gusset plate through her skull and have everyone boo at me and popping her around her head, you know, that just it made me feel really good about myself. Mm-hmm. And now, so th- that's one I'm particularly proud of. Was was it ever recorded? Is the footage out there? Uh, I don't know. You have to ask uh, Rick and Eric uh i don't know <laughs> okay eric's gotta upload that somewhere for the world to see i, I mean it, the, the the show was kind of a disaster it, it was like uh we were kind of the side act it was more of like a music competition thing and we were kind of just like in between the bands okay and like fans were trying got into the ring at one point in the previous match and it was it was uh it was a disaster to say the least. Was this last year or how long ago was that one? Oh uh, yeah, that was in August. Okay. Was that the one in Grand Forks? At the possibly. There's been multiple. I don't know. Okay. I, 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 there was only two matches. Uh yeah. it was me and Badger and then Ricky versus Paul and X. Okay. I think that was the one, if I'm not mistaken. But some of the <sighs> grand forks and fargo sometimes blend together for me so Mm. i mean me too there's literally nothing out there (laughs) 
I mean, I thought Minnesota was useless enough, and then you go to North Dakota, you're like, geez, good thing time bomb's out here, because otherwise I would never come here. I mean, I'm always happy for the super target in Grand Forks, but, uh, you know, it's only You know, super targets are okay. Yeah, so, and, you I've know. Gotten, I, you know, I've had a promo in front of a super target. Well, there you go. There you go. Um, February 24th, you're facing Jossie at the uh, time bomb here to stay show. Yes. Uh, I mean, Jaw had his run in, got the upper hand at the last show. Uh, talk a little bit about this card coming up. Uh, well, um, I think I, I find, or sorry, go ahead. I was going to say the winner between you two is getting a shot later on the, that night against Don. Yeah. Green. So when I, when I get the shot later on the night, that's a different thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I do respect Ja. Mm hmm. Um, as a wrestler, not as a person, because I, I can't imagine someone attacking another person from behind. I can't imagine. And that happened to me. Mm-hmm. That happened to me. And uh, I already beat him once uh, to earn my, you know, to beat Kevin Koo. It was a three way. Mm-hmm. I already beat him once. Didn't pin him. So that's why P thinks that he's able to come up at me, but whatever. I do respect him as a wrestler. I've, you know, we've grappled a few times, but that's about it. You know, mm-hmm. we wrestled around, but we haven't been able to get one-on-one. So, you know, this is really giving me a chance to drop somebody new on their head. Mm-hmm. And I'm really looking forward to that chance. I think that it'll be good psychological warfare when I snap his arm and tap him out in front of while Dom's watching because mm-hmm. he's the big, you know, jujitsu guy. So, I think that that's going to be intriguing. Uh, all the other matches will happen and they're going to be good. Mm-hmm. But if we're looking at the two match of the year candidates, which will both obviously have me and them. And as we said before, minimum five stars, you know, yada, 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 you know, the drift. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it will be good. Mm-hmm. And then after I beat Ja, I'll go wrestle Dom. And unlike Ja, who I respect as a wrestler, I don't respect Dom as a wrestler or a person. Oh. Well, yeah. And here's why. I think that J- Dom has been handed every single thing in Time Bomb. He won the championship over a year ago and has defended zero times. Mm-hmm. I've been on every single Time Bomb show for literally the last year. Every single Time Bomb show that I have humbled the other person I have faced. Mm-hmm. And do I get a title shot? Oh, no, Dom's hurt. Dom can't do anything. Oh, guess what? Dom's back, and he gets Minoru Suzuki. I've been on every show. I don't get a Japanese wrestler to wrestle. Why didn't you get Suzuki? Exactly. Yeah. It's because Dom had to hold the title, so he had to face the title. You know, honestly, the title should be in Japan right now, and we should be flying Suzuki in for me to wrestle him. Mm-hmm. But since that's not happening, I have to go and humble Dom just as Suzuki humbled Dom. Mm-hmm. So, you know, go ahead, go ahead. How great is it going to feel when you tap Dom out? You know, I might not even tap Dom out. I just wanted to use the tap out of psychological warfare. I think I'd rather kick Dom in the face and then, you know, give him, you know, actually destroy his spine because, you know, he was complaining about his spine and that's why he couldn't wrestle and blah, 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 blah. You know, while I've been wrestling every single month Mm -hmm. uh, at Time Bomb bleeding and death matches and Dom hasn't done any uh, in Time Bomb. But, you know, I think I'll just uh, give them a few backdrop drivers. Mm-hmm. Those seem to be popular now. 
and uh, I think that will actually hurt his spine. And I'll just knock him out. I'll kick him in the face. Have you seen UFC one? You see when the guy kicks the sumo guy straight in the face and like knocks his teeth out. I vaguely recall that. Well, I'm gonna do that to Dom. So if anyone wants to go watch UFC one, and then we're gonna do side by sides. Mm-hmm. Backdrop driver, backdrop driver, backdrop driver. UFC one kick in the face. <laughs> one, two, three. I'll pin him. You know, I because I'd feel bad if he couldn't get to his feet for the ten count, because then I would have to break his legs. Yeah. So. I don't want to do that to him. I'm I'm excited for you to become the new time bomb champion. I am too. I am too. I think it's finally we've been waiting for someone to really hold the time bomb title with dignity, representing humility and doing everything from normal matches to death matches. I don't see Tom Dom doing death matches. I thought that's what time bomb was about. Mm-hmm. But apparently not. Apparently we just have to be every other indie, super indie. That just gives everyone, you know, blase matches. And then I got to come out here and do two matches in one night. Upstaging the entire card. And I got to hurt two wrestlers, two of Eric's wrestlers. So, like, Mm -hmm. that's a lot of pressure and a lot of work for me, frankly. I mean, when you step in there with Ja, is it a death match or is it a standard wrestling match? It's a standard wrestling match. I think, you know, know, as I said, I respect Ja as a wrestler. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I really want to, you know you know, test his chess skills, you know, as they say, you know, wrestling is the game of chess. So I really want to, you know, put two minds together and really, you know, exchange hold from hold. You know, eventually I tap him out like you would in a wrestling match. Um, and then, you know, I go take a rest, you know, maybe eat some chips, maybe mm-hmm. drink some water. Yeah. Hydrate. Um, hydrate. And then I go uh, hospitalize Dom. Damon, what are some of the favorite matches that you've watched as a fan? Um, Masao Kobashi 2003 mm-hmm. is, is definitely one of them. Um, honestly, it's weird because it changed. Like, I always go back to that and like Sasaki Kobashi 2005 from the Dome or whatever, and you know, for Japanese matches, but it's constantly changing. Like, what I'm interested in, like, I watch. The other day, I went back and watched all the AJ Styles Cena matches. Um, and I think those are super good. Mm-hmm. And then yesterday, I was watching, you know, Fujiwara versus Inoki. So I like the, granted, most of the, you know, I like the range yeah. of different stuff. Um, so it's like, honestly, I, I hate coming up with favorite match things because it's like, okay, what am I watching now? Well, I'm watching. Why don't you know 80s New Japan and then tomorrow I'll be watching, you know, World of Sport or something stupid like that. There's so much great stuff out there that it's like you almost forget and then you're reminded. Like I've, I watched Joe versus uh, Kobashi for the first time like a few weeks back and I was like, this is incredible. And so now I'm going back and watching, you know, older All Japan and some older Noah and stuff like that and just seeing all the great wrestlers that were out there that I kind of missed over. Yeah, it's crazy how, like, the way it links, like, I first saw Noah from just watching uh, old Ring of Honor stuff when I would watch, when I first started watching Ring of Honor, I'd be like, oh, Kenta, he's Mm -hmm. in this company called Noah, I wonder how that is, and then I would watch Noah, like, I watched Noah before I watched All Japan, and then I Mm kind of went back, you know, because I kind of went back in time 
that's kind of why I have like more of a soft spot for Noah. Um, but then like that links to oh you know I wonder what oh Takeyama is interesting. I wonder what he was doing before All Japan, and then you get this entirely new. And then you see an RVD and Sabu all Japan match, and then you're like, "Oh, bring it back home to ECW." Mm-hmm. Even like the mid 2000s ROH, when you know Kenta was over there, and they had Brian Danielson and all those guys, and it's like that was stuff I never saw. So to go back and watch it now, and it is really good. Yeah, I feel I f- it feels weird for me watching a lot of like the 80s and even the 70s stuff because it's like this is going back so far where it's like almost unrecognizable to the stuff it is today Mm -hmm. but it's at least for me at this point like i've seen i'm not trying to like oh you know since i'm super humble and all that i'm not trying to like brag but like yeah i've seen all the all japan i've seen all the no i've seen everything Mm -hmm. but um i don't know it's interesting i find that in more intriguing now maybe just because i've seen so much of the other stuff and it's like granted i'm like obsessed with wrestling so i never stop watching new stuff so it's like at some point you're gonna run out of stuff to do Mm -hmm. but now upcoming shows where can people see you if uh, you've got any dates lined up uh time bomb i believe and that's obviously fargo and there will be more time bomb dates in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe I'm two shows in the cities, in the Twin Cities. So I'm at uh, Wrestling Battleground on like the 26th. And then on March 4th, I believe I'm at Higher Ground. Okay. So those are two more local. You see a lot of like the wrestlers that I, you know, have wrestled with with the last few years, like, you know, Devon Monroe and, you know, some some of the bigger names they're just kind of doing stuff locally mm-hmm. like Corbin uh, and Cannon will be on those shows and all that too it's really uh, almost like a, a tight-knit group that you know some of you guys that are doing the shows together and you really kind of build bonds through that eh? uh yeah it's it's really honestly it's the car rides more in the mat you know mm-hmm. matches are bonding and everything like that but you don't really get to know people until you got the car ride and you got nothing to talk about for four hours and then like the weird stuff comes out (laughs) (laughs) where can people find you online uh everything's at damon spriggle uh twitter instagram facebook all that at damon spriggle uh search my matches up on youtube uh all five stars minimum damon spriggle guaranteed you're breaking the Meltzer rating with these stars aren't you well obviously like if the if the rating has to continue progressing, as I said before, we gotta you know continue progressing as an art form. So mm-hmm. I might as well uh, rate my own matches. Frankly, I should be going on Cage Match right now and rating them all tens because that's how I see them. They're masterpieces. I could not agree more. I'm, Dam- I'm glad. I, D- there's no other opinion. <laughs> Damon, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much to Damon Spriggle for joining me on the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. Definitely check out the uh, upcoming Time Bomb show, uh, February 24th. Hopefully it'll be up on uh, a streaming service of some sorts, but if it's not there, grab tickets, go check it out. Go check out some live independent wrestling action. Should be a great show. So thank you to him for joining me. Thank you for checking out the podcast. 
I truly appreciate it. I'm very thankful that you take time out of your day to listen to me talk to wrestling and have some great guests on and all of that, uh, all that fun stuff. So thank you so much for checking out the podcast. If it's your first time listening, you can find me on Twitter at GrainmakerPod. Uh, shoot me a message on, message on there. Follow Let's Talk Wrestling, all that fun stuff. If you've got questions, comments, concerns, you can shoot me an email, GrainmakerPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, up on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts. If you could rate, review, all that stuff, I would truly appreciate it. And up on Facebook, Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. It is rarely updated, but it's there. So if you want to check it out, check out some matches I posted up there or other fun stuff. But that's all the socials. That's all that sort of stuff. Thanks again for checking out the podcast. We'll talk soon.